0: I have been wanting to do this for a very, very long time, and I cannot tell you guys how happy I am after months and months and months and months of just contemplating what the hell I was going to do. We're finally doing it. I'm sort of sticking my foot down on the ground saying, you know, we're going to go full-fledged with this, and uh, thank you guys all for tuning in to this first ever uh episode i guess uh of the podcast we're gonna be talking about bound for glory just gonna get that out of the way bound for glory 2021 what a fucking amazing pay-per-view if you if you don't like this pay-per-view i feel like you have some sort of vendetta against impact wrestling because i know a lot of people have some sort of vendetta when it comes to impact wrestling and it's just it's 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 funny to me because they're comp- nothing like how they were before. They're nothing like how they were before with 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 T N A. They're a completely different product. They rebranded themselves. They tried to sketch away from what made them controversial and bad. And Impact Wrestling now in 2021, I feel like it's the best it's ever been. Really, really entertaining show absolutely loved every second of it and uh you know there is a lot of talk coming into this show about what was going to happen who was going to debut who was going to show up who would return this and that but i'm just going to say it up up first you know nothing really happened on this show that made people genuinely surprised except for the main event and the main event is a completely different story because that main event, a fantastic main event. But holy shit, what happened after it. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. We're going to talk about that later on. But goddamn, what a good pay-per-view. What a good overall show this was when it comes to Impact Wrestling. I really enjoyed myself. I know people didn't like the, uh, the 10 p.m. Uh, start time if you're on the East Coast. It was a little offsetting to a lot of people and I feel like it turned away, you know, some fans of the product or you know, just some new people just not wanting to turn in. I understand why they did it. Uh AEW Dynamite was at the 8 p.m. time slot since uh I, th- I think it was hockey was airing on Wednesday so they had to move to Saturday and Impact Wrestling sort of just pushed their thing back cuz you know, I don't think they wanted to compete with their former, their former partner. I'm going to get to that sometime soon, but Impact and AEW are reportedly not in a little partnership that they were in uh, all of this year and, you know, some of last year. They're not together anymore, so I am thoroughly happy with that, but I'll get to that later on in a different, you know, podcast and maybe if I have extra time tonight we're going to talk about that but bound for glory 2021 let's get to the show uh the kickoff started at 9:30 p.m on the east coast and for me the time slot it was it was okay i am a night i'm a night guy i like the night i do a lot of my stuff in the night i'm pretty energetic at night Uh, So the 10 p.m. 930 time slot was completely fine with me. In fact, I absolutely loved it because I got to, you know, relax, chill out, watch some wrestling, watch one of the best pay-per-views of 2021. I'm just going to say it like that. Uh, So we start the pre-show with the Awesome Kong induction ceremony uh, for the Hall of Fame. And, you know, sweet, short, emotional, you know, sort of uh, send-off for Awesome Kong. Telling everybody that you know, without Awesome Kong, without Gail Kim, without the original Knockouts, professional wrestling for the women wouldn't be what it is today. And you know, me wholeheartedly, I kind of agree with that. You know, just for the simple fact that the Knockouts division back in 2006, 2007, they really, really put women's wrestling on the map and sort of edged the way for the future and how women's wrestling is today. After the induction ceremony, we get to the, uh, the tournament finals for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Really, really short match. I I think it went on for, like, about six minutes. Uh, it was Jordan Grace picking up the victory here. I was actually really surprised with that. I was kind of going for Chelsea Green, uh, but there was a shorthanded addition to the matchup, uh. Tenille Dashwood could not make the event, so her spot was taken by Madison Rain, her tag team partner. And if Tenille Dashwood was in this match, my prediction was Taneil Dashwood. You know, her entire character revolves around social media and being popular and, you know, this and that, and, you know, impact digital media, you know, the digital... Digital, digital, digital. They, they, the entire point... Of Tennille Dashwood's character was social media, online, digital, and it made perfect sense. But she couldn't make the show. Obviously, they were not going to put the title at Madison Rain, uh, so they went with Jordan Grace. My my runner-up for the for the winner of this match would have been Chelsea Green. Uh, you also had Crazy Steve, Falahba, John Skyler in the match as well. Um, so the. So the match wasn't wasn't horrible. It also wasn't memorable. I feel like the the digital media title isn't going to mean a lot to Impact Wrestling. It's not going to have a lot of prestige, and it's kind of unfortunate because Impact Wrestling they have a fantastic roster. They can do pretty much whatever they want to do with the title, and you know try to make it have some sort of relevance. I know it is an intergender championship, but some people they don't like intergender wrestling. Including myself, I'm not a big fan of intergender wrestling, but when it comes to Impact Wrestling, they know how to do it right. So I'm glad with Jordan Grace becoming the first ever digital media champion. I don't understand the decision, but it gives Jordan Grace something to do because she was just kind of floating in the background with with Rachel Ellering for the last couple of months. In the Knockouts Tag Team Division, you know, they always ended up losing The big matches and just somehow sort of faded away into, you know, whatever the hell they were doing. So, glad to see Jordan Grace pick up the victory. The match, like I said, wasn't really entertaining. Well, not entertaining. It wasn't memorable, I should rephrase that. Uh, I didn't necessarily pay a lot of attention to it. But I do know that it was a fairly decent match. Fala Ba actually got in a lot of offense. I'm actually a huge fan. Huge fan of Fala Ba, man. One One of the... One of the most entertaining guys on the impact wrestling roster. I wish they did more with him too, because he's very charismatic, extremely over with the fans, and you know, hopefully somewhere down the line, Falabach can hold a championship, maybe even the digital title. Uh, next up we get to the actual show, and they kick it off with the inspiration versus DK for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Once again, people might not necessarily like the outcome of this match Uh, due to the inspiration picking up the victory becoming the brand new knockouts tag team champions on their first night in the company a very, very, very TNA moment there. People would call it Uh, having the sort of I guess you would people would call them the WWE castaways uh, coming to impact wrestling taking the gold, but the match was perfectly fine. I mean, I really enjoyed the match. It was a great introduction for the Inspiration, uh, formerly known as the Iconics, in the WWE. Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, now known as Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay. They got the victory over Havoc and Rosemary, and solid match, man. Solid match. I'm glad to see the Inspiration back in wrestling. I'm glad to see them in Impact Wrestling. I called it at first, you know, when they got released. I knew they were not going to AEW. AEW is absolutely flooded with people. They are not even booking their their own superstars to the best of their ability, which is for a completely different podcast, uh, a completely different episode of me talking about that. But, you know, I knew they weren't going there, especially since they're a tag team. What other company has women's tag team titles other than Impact Wrestling? you know they were going to stay together they weren't going to they weren't going to leave each other and but people were talking about you know maybe Cassie Lee goes to AEW because of Sean Spears it still didn't really make that much of a sense for them to go there like i said i'm glad to see them in impact wrestling i'm glad to see them with the titles i mean i'm one of the few people who actually wanted to see them uh pick up the victory here on the show but i do understand the frustration with that dk losing the titles i'm kind of iffy about that uh, i i fucking love DK, one of the best factions uh and I'm talking about the original carnation of DK, with abyss um one of the best wrestling factions in the last decade i would say, and now with the new edition with uh havoc and black Taurus hey they're fairly entertaining i i really i really like them. The entrance man, the entrance was fucking phenomenal. I love DK's entrance and the Inspirations entrance was also pretty entertaining. I believe it was Harley Cameron who came out and sung the Inspirations uh, theme song. I say sung because she had a microphone, but it was kind of obvious what she was doing there and it was lip syncing. (laughs) So uh, anyways, the match happened, it was about 10 minutes long. Nothing really huge, but it was a very solid match. A good way to start off the night. Get the crowd pumped with a debut. So I believe they did the right thing with starting the official show with the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Titles. Next up was the tournament final for the vacant Impact X Division Championship. Between Trey Miguel, El Phantasmo, and Steve Macklin. And I need to take a sip of my water here, man. Because there's a lot I got to talk about with this match. Because this match was off the goddamn chains. And I'm telling you, when I think this was match of the night, or at least top two match of the night, it was fucking great, dude. I came into this match obviously knowing that Trey Miguel would come out with the win, which he did. And that was the perfect Decision Trey Miguel absolutely deserved the title. He's going to be a fighting champion. He's already said that. Uh, And it looks like Rocky Romero is actually going to be Trey's first challenger, which I'm really excited for that. Uh, But the match itself was was just awesome. Everyone's style meshed so well together, especially with Steve Macklin. You know, people didn't think of Steve Macklin with the X Division style, especially when it came with El Phantasmo and Trey Miguel, two really high flyers that, you know, just did crazy shit, but Steve Macklin really held his own, and there was a point in the match where I actually thought that he was going to win the title, And and, you know, I'm not that mad if he did do it, because, you know, the way Steve Macklin was being built is really, really cool, he's like this mysterious guy who's just there to kick motherfuckers' asses. And he did exactly that in this match. There was there, there there was this one spot where he just speared the hell out of Trey right outside through the middle ropes so or I think it was the bottom rope. But either dude, he just speared the living shit out of him. It was an awesome moment. Got me really hyped. Got me popped. And, uh, you know, really, really awesome moments. El Phantasmo, I believe that he could, if he stays with Impact Wrestling, I believe he could become an X Vision champion, but obviously he's not gonna stay full time with impact, even though I would really, really like him to. He's a phenomenal talent, one of the best that Japan has. Um so hopefully he sticks around for a little bit longer. I would love to see him go up against uh Trey Mago again, uh maybe this time for the title because that vim to the exchange the exchanges in the match was top tier. The guys are two phenomenal, high flying, charismatic wrestlers. Which is what you want to see when it comes to the X Division. And what a match it was. Trey Miguel, pick up the victory, like I said. Uh, it was about 15 minutes long. Solid, solid match. I mean, I would honestly give that match like a four and a half stars. Definitely one of the best matches of the night. Oh, here comes a really good one. Uh, next up, we had Violent by Design. And taking on. Heath and a Mystery Partner. Now, this whole storyline was very interesting to me. Not just interesting into the part where, you know, I was intrigued on who the partner would be. The partner was pretty obvious on who it was going to be. It was obviously going to be Rhino, but then there was some some thought going into the show, you know. Maybe there was going to be a big debut, and maybe that debut was going to come out there and help Heath, but... As we know, nobody debuted. Rhino came out. It was a very, very warm, happy moment. I love the team of Heath and Rhino. I've always loved them as a tag team, especially when they were in WWE, the inaugural SmackDown tag team champions. So they have a lot of history together. They have a lot of charisma together. They they they're just meant to be together. I feel like, uh, cause. You know, they're really, really just entertaining. They they go off of one another very well. And I feel like the entire story for this matchup with Violent by Design, sort of trying to blackmail and manipulate Rhino into, you know, pretty much destroying his, his friendship with Heath and sort of just wanting to make, you know, Rhino Eric Young's bitch, pretty much. I mean, there's no other way of me explaining it. Eric Young wanted Rhino to be his bitch, just like Joe Doring and Cody Deaner is. And I feel like the build up for the match was perfect. One of my favorite builds for Bound for Glory. And I'm glad that Heath Slater and Rhino got the victory. It was not a long match at all. Uh it wasn't necessarily even a match. I mean most of the match was just Heath getting his ass beat violent by design until rhino came in and got the hot tag did a couple spears and took the victory but it was really there just for the moment because the moment is what matters sometimes even if the match isn't good the moment can still make up for whatever you're trying to do and the moment definitely definitely did then there was a, a thing in the back where you know they were talking with uh, Heath and Rhino about them being back together. Uncle Rhino's back. Pretty emotional shit, man. Absolutely love Heath and Rhino together. Can't wait to see what's next for them. Hopefully they challenge for the tag titles. I would be completely down for that. Next up was the 20-wrestler-intergender-call-your-shot gauntlet match. And going into this match, people had... High expectations. I believe they had higher expectations than they should have, because we did not get really any surprises, and the surprises that we did get, yeah, maybe one or two of them are cool. The other one, I don't, I don't think a lot of people like that. But the first surprise in the uh, in the gauntlet was Rocky Romero of. Phenomenal addition to Impact Wrestling. I can't wait for him to stick around a little bit. Challenge Trey Miguel. It was a great, uh, great thing to see him. He's a New Japan legend. Uh, can't wait to see his matchup with Trey for the X-Vision title. But that's that. that that's me going ahead of myself right now. Uh, so a really good matchup between him and Chris Sabin. They were the first two to start out the match. And then the other uh, surprises... Were Melina, who we did see in Impact Wrestling already, but she didn't actually have a matchup within the company. So it was kind of, you know, a, a quote-unquote surprise to see her. And uh lastly, last but not least, definitely not least. Some people might want to just forget about this completely, but dude, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I fucking love this. I was... I was talking to a couple of friends and they were like, "Who the hell is this? What the hell is this person doing here? What the fuck is a demon?" What the fuck is a demon? I'll tell you what the fuck a demon is. The Kiss Demon from WC fucking W. Dude, I marked the f- the hell out when I saw that. Marked the hell out when I saw the Kiss Demon walk down that aisle into the battle world. Dude, that dude is fucking humongous. He is huge. I had no idea he was that big. And it was really, really entertaining, to to see Johnny Swinger in the matchup, kind of asking for, uh, for an autograph, just to get his ash thrown out. That was a really, really cool, uh, cool moment within the Gauntlet. So overall, the surprises they probably weren't good, but you know, me as a fan, I enjoyed them, and I feel like that's all what mattered. I didn't have high expectations like a lot of people going into the show. I did expect somebody like Braun Strowman to show up. Uh, And going back onto the Heath and Rhino match, I, I kinda did think that Braun Strowman would have been that guy, and I feel like since or okay, Braun Strowman is a really really big name. They were in talks with Bronson Reed though, formerly known as. Shit, what the hell am I even talking about? Bronson Reed is Bronson Reed. He's not formally known as anything other than Jonah Rock. And he would have debuted as Jonah Rock. So, they they had talks with uh, Bronson Reed, Jonah Rock as well. Um, well, coming into Bound for Glory, apparently he was booked for the show. He was booked, but then he got unbooked. Didn't really make sense to me. I didn't really look into it as much as, you know, a lot of people would have. But... It was kind of interesting for me to see, you know, this mystery partner. Obviously, it was going to be somebody big, right? Well, it wasn't. It was Rhino. I know I'm kind of, you know, calling back the last match instead of talking about the Gondol, But I feel like I have to to talk about that because I didn't spend a lot of time on that that Rhino match. Uh, So, what a lot of people believe is that Rhino was a second option. That he was a second... That he was like a backup for if something went wrong when it came to the mystery tag team partner. And mystery tag team partner or not, I I still love the moment. I still loved Rhino and Heath reuniting. And I feel like that's all really what needed to happen. We didn't necessarily need a mystery partner or a surprise guy uh, because the moment itself would have been, you know, touching. So back to the gauntlet though. The final two. I'm just going to go straight through the entire match since we already talked about the uh, the surprises and who kicked off the match. I'm going to talk about the final two. The final two were Matt Cardona and Moose. Now, Moose has been very long overdue for a world championship. And we're going to get to something later on in the show. But he was very long overdue for a world championship. But I feel like Impact Wrestling pulled the trigger a bit too late. Moose picked up the win. He won the call your shot gauntlet. He got the trophy. He defeated Matt Cardona. In that one on one match in the in the uh gauntlet. But what a what a moment. I mean Moose hopefully, you know, he cashed in. Hopefully he called the shot. Hopefully he won the title, right? Once again, we'll get to that later. But the match itself, I mean, it was really fun. I had a, I had a lot of fun uh, seeing all the surprise entrances. Not that there were many anyways. Uh, and the match itself, I feel like this was the best wrestling-oriented gauntlet. Most of the gauntlets before would just throw throw your opponent out, this and that. Ace Austin had a lot of great momentum in the matchup. Uh, Rohit Raju actually surprised the living shit out of me. Brian Myers as well, and uh, also a thing in there. I feel like they set up Sam Beal versus Brian Myers pretty well. Sam Beal officially, I guess you were going to call him turning babyface and turning on uh, Brian Myers. I'm actually pretty excited for that. So it set up some, some feuds within the gauntlet, and it set up a really important moment later on in the show. Moose is the winner, eliminates Matt Cardona as the final one, gets the gauntlet, gets the trophy, It was about a 30-minute match as expected for a 20-man gauntlet. And, you know, it was fun. It was fun. Nothing to write home about. But keep in mind, Moose was the winner. We're going to talk about that later on as we get further into the show. Next up, the three-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. The Good Brothers versus Finjuice versus the Bullet Club, which was uh, Chris Bay and Hikaleo. This match, it was better than expected, you know, wrestling wise. I didn't like the outcome of it. I did not appreciate the Good Brothers retaining because their reign has been dreadful. They're never there for the tapings they seem like they're just neglecting impact wrestling altogether and i also would have enjoyed the bullet club as tag team champions i feel like there would have been a really nice story there but that's not what we got we got the good brothers picking up the victory retaining the titles so i mean there's there's really not a lot to talk about here i wasn't necessarily paying attention to the match but i will say it was better than expected um, the feud, however, the the, the the build to the match was pretty much non-existent. Finjuice, they had the uh, number one contenders match against the Bullet Club. That ended, you know, into somehow becoming a three-way in, in classic Impact fashion. But, you know, overall the match wasn't bad. I mean, I really don't have a lot to say about it. It was actually pretty short, too. Uh, I remember me getting up to, you know, make, make something to eat. Coming back and like the, the the match was already over, so kind of a uh, short, sweet match with the wrong winner. So, you know, there wasn't really a lot of that in the show. Uh, I feel like everybody else who won their matches prior to this were the right call when it comes to, you know, the future of Impact Wrestling. The Good Brothers, however, I feel like once their contracts run out with Impact Wrestling, they're going right to AEW. I feel like that's just a no-brainer, especially considering how many people are over there that they know and how much they were affiliated with AEW during the Impact partnership. So that's that. Pretty basic three-way tag team match. Next up was the Knockouts Championship. Holy hell, this was an awesome match, dude. I loved the match. It was about a 15-minute match. Uh... Deanna Perrazzo is, in my opinion, the best women's wrestler on the planet. No question about that. I believe that she is number one in the world. And tonight, that night, she kind of proved it in a way, even though she did lose her title, which I'm very, very upset about. I did not want her to lose the championship. And I don't think it was a good decision putting the title on Mickey James. Because Mickey James isn't even a good... She's not a contracted wrestler with Impact Wrestling. She's not even a contracted wrestler with the NWA. So putting the title on her, I understood that it made sense for the story. But for the future, it was kind of, you know, pushing them back in a way. You know, you had Diana Perazzo as this, you know, vicious heel, one of the best wrestlers, you know, she proved her shit inside of the ring. And now you just get Mickey James, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. I mean, it was a weird decision to go with Mickey. I feel like Impact Wrestling just had a massive urge on putting the knockout's title on a former knockout uh so Mickey James was sort of the the best option there because obviously he wasn't going to get somebody like Taylor Wilde to beat Deanna Perazzo for the title even though I feel like it would have made a better, you know, way for Deanna to lose the championship but for the sake of the story that Impact was trying to tell I feel like I should have known that Mickey James was going to win the championship. There was a moment in the match, though, however, where I did believe Diana Prado was retaining. I was like, "This is it. This, this is over. This is this is done. They she she did it. The queen, the virtuosa, the greatest, the best in the world. She got it done." Nope, Mickey James kicked out. Son of a bitch, right? Son of a bitch. Mickey James is gonna win that that's the moment when I knew Mickey James is winning the match it's it, It's kind of crazy how you can just predict these things uh just you know when you when you just watch something like this, but the match itself was phenomenal. I really enjoyed the uh sort of like the pre attack the women just beating the shit out of each other outside of the ring uh for like three minutes before the bell officially rang uh pretty much wounding both of them which like I said the match itself I don't have a problem with however it is the winner I do believe that Mickey James will be a transitional champion though for Mercedes Martinez and then we're probably at hard to kill going to get either uh Mercedes versus Mickey again or we're just going to have Mercedes versus Mickey for the title Then I feel like they're going to push it to uh, turning point next month because I did see some impact spoilers and it does look like they're setting up the knockouts title match for next month. So maybe we're going to get Mercedes versus Deanna at Hard to Kill in January, which hopefully happens because I I want to see that match. I really, really want to see that match. And the main event... Josh Alexander versus Christian Cage for the World Heavyweight Championship. I have zero complaints for the match. The match itself, in my opinion, was the best match of the night. One of the better matches in Impact Wrestling this year. And it built Josh Alexander up to be just the perfect babyface. I mean, you had Christian cutting a very heelish promo before the match, and I was actually kind of surprised about that, considering that Christian Cage has been this really big baby face throughout the entire title run. And then, you know, the next second he comes out, you know, he's saying, oh, you're going to disappoint your family, family this, your family that. And it's kind of weird seeing Christian Cage get into that sort of you know, ego that he has. And that was him showing his his true colors. I was expecting a heel turn after the match. I got a lot more than a fucking heel turn. I'll tell you that. Uh, so, the match itself, great match. Christian tapped out to the ankle lock, something we haven't really seen a lot in wrestling lately, legitimizing the ankle lock once again. I feel like after Kurt Angle left uh, wrestling, the ankle lock kind of became irrelevant and just, you know, one of those moves that you put a rest hold on your guy. Basically, the ankle lock was some sort of a rest hold. I mean, there wasn't really much doing there. Everybody would get out of it, get to the ropes, whatever. But this was a really interesting way to end the match. Because, for one, Christian tapped out. People are saying that that, I guess, certified that the impact and AEW partnership was over. Which would make sense, considering they had Christian tap out. To an ankle lock of all things. Uh, I did think the match was going to end in a C4 though. Uh, it didn't though. And I was genuinely surprised when Christian tapped out. So thank you Impact Wrestling for that surprise factor when it came to the ending. Uh, so yeah, great match man. It was about 20 minutes long of just fantastic technical technical wrestling. We all know Christian is one of the most underrated legends In professional wrestling history, one of the most underappreciated guys. And then you have Josh Alexander, who, in my opinion, is the future of professional wrestling. Impact built him up to be just this megastar. And I'm really glad that they did because Alexander is nothing short of a star. And that night, that Saturday night, they proved that he was a star. That he was... Officially impacts top guy in some sort of sense. Josh Alexander gets the victory. His family comes into the ring. They all celebrate. He's hugging his son, kissing his wife. Cameras kind of pan close to them. You see the people in the background, the crowd going like, holy shit. And you hear Matt Stryker on commentary, what the hell is this? What what the hell is happening? Oh my god. Bro. Remember when I told you to remember Moose winning the gauntlet earlier? Holy fucking shit. Moose caught his shot. Right after that emotional happy ending. Impact just couldn't give us that happy ending. They could not give us the happy ending. They had to do something very fucking surprising in my opinion. I did not think that this would have happened as soon as it did. Especially with Josh Alexander winning the title. Moose caught his shot. Speared the hell out of Josh Alexander. Got the three count. Moose is your brand new Impact Wrestling world champion. Mr. Impact Wrestling is your world champion. Wow. Wow. I was in complete shock at that moment. I was genuinely thinking that was an awesome thing to do, and looking back at it, it was a risky thing to do now here is where I talk about what I didn't like about that moment. the moment itself the the moose calling a shot that was all great i'll give the I'll give impact that. For the surprise factor. Some people are saying that they did that because they didn't have any surprises coming into the show. They needed to get people talking about Impact. So they did probably one of the most Impact things to do. Like I said, I did not hate it. I think Moose deserved that championship more than anybody else if their name is not Josh Alexander. It set up Josh Alexander to officially be the top babyface in the company. Moose calling his shot and winning the title proved that he was the biggest heel in the company. Josh Alexander, Impact Wrestling has officially said that Josh Alexander is a guy. He is your incense. He's your John Cena. Right now, in this moment. He's your John Cena for right now. Moose, Moose is your, shoot, I don't know. He's a fucking demon, okay? He's he's the bad guy. He's the guy you're not supposed to like. Here's where I go off and say, I believe Moose is not going to have the championship run people think he's going to have. Simple as that. I don't think Moose is going to hold the title for very long. I believe he's just going to hold it for about two months at the max. Because we all know Josh Alexander is going to get that title. I feel like Impact booked themselves into a corner here with what they did. And... You know, me as a fan looking into it, it, it's very intriguing. I'll give you that. They make me want more. I'll give them that. They made me want to crave more impact wrestling, and they did a fantastic job with that ending. I'm just afraid that if Moose loses, he's going to be a transitional champion. And if Josh Alexander loses, they built him up for nearly a year for absolutely nothing. Where do you go? How do you go? What do you do? My prediction is that hard to kill. We're going to get a four-way. A four-way between Josh Alexander, Moose, W. Morrissey, and Eddie Edwards. It's going to be a four-way match. Honestly, I don't even know who's going to win it. I like the unpredictability of this. And I like the fact that you cemented the two top guys in the company. But where do you go? What do you do? There's not a lot you can do. There's not a a clear pathway of what you're trying to set out. The story that they built, though, is great. I'll give them that. Fantastic redemption arc for Josh Alexander. Moose is going to get that heat that he needs that the company wants him to have they did a great job on that I'm looking into the future what in the fuck are they gonna do you guys tell me what they're gonna do because at this point I'm kind of out of you know thoughts right now because the ending was so shocking to me I had to go back and watch it about three times and I don't ever, rare, I rarely ever go back to watch a pay-per-view that just recently happened. Bound for Glory was a pay-per-view I checked out twice in full and then three times for the ending. It was a good show. Fantastic show. One of the best shows of 2021 in my opinion. Probably top five, maybe maybe top seven. Where does Impact go from here? I don't know. I thought that this was going to be a reset button for Impact. I thought this was going to be, okay, let's, let's build the future. What Impact did do was build a great main event story. However, they have me a little bit worried about how it's going to play out. But anyways, my overall grade for Bound for Glory 2021 is a solid 9 out of 10. Matches were great. Moments were great. Unpredictability at the end of the show was great. Uh, Pretty much the pacing of the show was was great. So I love the show. I love the matches. I love the outcomes, the winners, sort of the stories that they sort of Pushed forward. The stories that they've ended. There's just a little bit of pieces here and there. That I don't necessarily know. Where Impact is going to go next. And sometimes. I kind of like me not knowing. But then again. There's some sort of insecurity. To the point to where. I think Impact is going to do something stupid. And I hope it's not the case. Because I, I I love Impact. I love Impact Wrestling. I've always loved Impact Wrestling. And Hopefully. They really do pull off something magical with this Josh Alexander and Moose feud. Because if they don't, I don't know what I'm watching for. So with that being said, this was the Bound for Glory 2021 review. I thank all of you for listening to it. I thank you all for tuning in for the first podcast, the first review, the first of many to come can't wait to get this in full-fledged I can't wait to get my buddies up in here I can't wait for all this shit to happen I have a lot of plans going on but for now it was just me tonight we're gonna be talking about more stuff later on in the future uh so yeah once again thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys later on also one more thing I want I want to say is uh The next time you listen to the podcast, we might have a couple new voices. It won't just be me. So that is something you should look out for. And this is just, you know, some sort of a, I guess, I guess a test run when it comes to the podcast on what we're going to be doing in the future. This was sort of its test. And uh, so, yeah, if you guys enjoyed it, let me know if you enjoyed it. Make sure you guys follow me on all social media platforms on twitter on instagram uh we also have spotify uh if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, we also got the apple podcast uh support me and any support us in any any sort of way you can. We are sort of a non profit thing uh who just love professional wrestling, just like you listening, we love it, and uh thank you all for tuning in. You guys have been fantastic to me. On social media, you guys are the reason why I wanted to do this. And I'm very happy that I got the first episode out of the way. So now you get to sort of know the tone of what's going to happen. And man, I'm going to tell you right now, my voice is absolutely fucked right now. My voice is kind of going out right now. I've been drinking on this water for the last 45 minutes, I believe we were talking about. About 45 minutes to an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in, everybody, and uh, I'll see you guys in the next one.